Welcome in to the Chief Stone Podcast. Farzi Vasugi here with you with the final episode of 2017 of the Chief Stone Podcast. It's been a great year, a lot of fun covering the Chiefs. Hey, even after the wins and the losses, regardless what happens, uh, it's always been fun talking about the Chiefs. And this year, of course, has been a big year for the podcast. So a big thanks to all of you guys who have been a part of that this year. Hope you all have had a Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have been enjoying the holidays, traveling safely. And I hope you all have a great and happy new year. Uh, hope you're enjoying it, whether you're traveling uh, on the road or if you're going to be staying in. Any, anyway, hope you guys all have a safe and happy New Year's. And I think the Chiefs, hey, their fans got an early gift. Let's just get right into it because whether you are an Alex Smith supporter, if you've been behind Alex Smith the entire time or... If you've been wanting a quarterback switch for a, for a while, I don't care which side of the fence you're on. There is no doubt that everybody is pretty happy about this. But because the Chiefs are completely locked into the four seed, there's no point in putting all your starters out in there. And Andy Reid did say that he'll be there'll be a lot of rotation, a lot of subbing, and it is now reported that the Kansas City Chiefs will start Pat Mahomes. On Sunday against the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, the moment everyone's been waiting for. And again, I don't care what's out of the fence you're on with this whole quarterback deal. Everyone wants to see the future in this situation. Whether you have been on the free Mahomes bandwagon or even if you, again, even if you've been fully supportive of Alex Smith, there's no reason to want to see Alex Smith in this game. I mean, why are you risking all your starters? So look. We all know what Andy did a couple of years ago in 2013 when the Chiefs were locked into the five seed. Regardless of a win or a loss, would not have changed their position. And right before the game started, about a couple hours before, it was announced that Andy Reid would uh, start 22 backups in this game. And again, rightfully so. I think that is the right move in this case here. Now, it's it's not specified as to who's starting, who's not, understandably so, because... Listen, you don't want to give away your entire game plan during the week, uh, but it is being talked about that Patrick Mahomes will start. Uh, this uh, I will say this. I was actually listening to the Andy Reid presser live, and I don't really listen to these pressers live. Um, in fact, I don't listen to them a whole lot, as you guys know, uh, unless someone says something interesting that I think is worth uh, mentioning on here or even putting on. Uh, with the audio, but uh, I was listening live, and Andy Reid didn't necessarily say uh, that he would start him, but a lot of the media took that, what he was saying when he said sub them in, and that Patrick Mahomes would, would go, uh, didn't necessarily say he'd start, now I understand when you say someone's a go, likely means they're starting, uh, but a lot of people are, are assuming that he will start this week, uh, and I think that's, yeah, that's a rightful thing to assume, uh, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes We'll be playing this week, so we'll talk about that. Our preview is going to be different, because let's be honest, I don't know if you guys really want to hear this kind of uh, a full-blown preview like we always do, uh, because this does have a preseason feel kind of game, uh, but I'm not saying that Denver's defense is to be taken lightly. Pat Mahomes does have a tough test this week, and I think it's gonna it's definitely going to be one that, that's going to be worth talking about, because... Uh, we're going to be talking mostly about Pat Mahomes and how he's going to match up against this Denver defense. Uh, and I think 
This is a great first test for a guy who is about to make his NFL debut and going to be playing his first game uh, representing the Chiefs in the red and gold jersey. So I think it's going to be one of those games where you you definitely want to keep an eye on a lot of things and see what he'll be able to do. NFL.com on their Facebook page released a montage of some of his top plays in the preseason and he's got, he's made some great plays in the preseason. He really did. And now we're going to see if he's going to be able to do that against a very good defense. A defense that, you know, still has a lot of the same players from a couple of years ago. And a couple of years ago, as we all know, this Denver defense carried the Broncos to a Super Bowl win. And you don't see that often from defenses. So we're going to be talking about that defense and... How Pat Mahomes will do against them? Uh, who, who are some of the guys that he'll be working with and possibly going to be connecting with on a consistent basis in this game? So we'll talk about all of that later on in this episode. Uh, some good news for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about that as well as one player earned weekly honors for the AFC. Plus, one former Chiefs player is in the news for the wrong reasons. And one coach out there. Uh, has a very strong message for a lot of celebrities that have a lot of money. I'll tell you guys what he said and why he is absolutely right about his message. But first, I want to let you guys know I'm on social media. You guys can interact with me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vesugian. Like my page, follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vesugian. Uh, I'll try to go live this weekend. Uh, let's assume that I'll do a Facebook Live this weekend. Uh, I'm going to try to find the game one way or another. Uh, I've gotten some Facebook messages, tweets, emails, uh, a lot, and I didn't realize this. I I guess I have more listeners than I realized from Las Vegas, which is awesome because I love Vegas. Um, but a lot of you guys have, uh, sent me, uh, suggestions for Blue Diamond Saloon, which, uh, and a lot of you guys have done this even before this week. Um, because I I told you guys, I've got to find a place to to watch the game. Their CBS affiliate will not, uh, air it. Instead, they've got the Chargers and the uh, and the Raiders. So I uh, I've got to go to a sports bar somewhere. But the problem is, a lot of the sports bars here are either sports books or they're they're the kind of sports bars where it's not necessarily uh, friendly for those under the age of twenty one. And the reason I bring that up is because my brother is just a couple months away from being twenty one. So. Uh, I, I mentioned Legacy Stadium, which I absolutely love. It's a great place to watch a game, but unfortunately, I can't take my brother there. And I believe they do ID you. Uh, so uh, we're going to try to find a place to watch the game. I guess worst case scenario, uh, we may watch it on my laptop. Not necessarily the most ideal way to go about it, but uh, maybe we'll just uh, get some uh, some of the good food from the Venetian and bring it up. And uh, watch it uh, from our, or or we could. I don't know how 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 the Wi-Fi is. Maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll find a way to watch it one way or another. But uh, we're definitely gonna watch it. So we'll preview that game later on. Uh, and again, I appreciate all the social media suggestions. If you got any ideas of a, not just any sports bar, like at least a pref- preferably a nice sports bar that's friendly for those under the age of twenty-one. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned sports books. But I don't think uh, my brother would be allowed to um, watch from a sports book. I, I know Vegas is so different. Like, you can walk through the casinos, whereas, like, if you're going to go to the Immersor Casino or Argosy Casino here in Kansas City, it's actually blocked off. Like, there are there's someone standing at the front checking IDs. 
before you go in. Whereas in Vegas, hey, look, I mean, the only way to to get to your hotel rooms, get to the elevators, you've got to go through the casino. As long as kids aren't like standing by watching around, they don't really care. As long as you know they're on the go. So uh, again, I don't know if he can, if my brother can go to a sports book. Uh, a lot of you guys made it seem like he can. Uh, but if anyone has any further details on that, let me know. Uh, unfortunately, Sunday ticket doesn't work because our direct TV feed still picks up from Kansas City. So technically, the Kansas City games are blacked out. Um, but again, there are ways to, to watch. So, so so we'll figure it out one way or another. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Farzine21 and email me Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes. And share the links on social media. Let a friend know about the Chiefs Zone podcast. All right, let's start with some of the good news here. Harrison Butker, Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker, taking home AFC Special Teams Player of the Week honors. And he's doing so for the second time this season. Butker did miss a field goal, but he was successful on five of the six field goals he attempted, the longest from 49 yards, plus by himself. I mentioned this, and I saw this from the tweet from Vahe Gregorian. He outscored the entire Miami Dolphins team by himself this past week. So when your kicker can outscore the entire opposing team alone, that's generally a good thing. 17-13. to Harrison Butker was responsible for 17 of the 29 points for the Chiefs. Whereas the Dolphins amassed 13 points altogether. And of course, got to give credit to the defense for shutting them out completely in the second half after some, some few stumbles here and there in the first half. Of course, that uh, long uh, catch and run play, uh, that was by Jakeem Grant, that 65-yard uh, catch and run play on that screen pass. But other than that, the defense was able to hold its own and shut down the Dolphins there. And Harrison Butker taking home AFC Special Teams Player of the Week honors. I do want to take one quick moment before we get to our preview. And again, I mentioned the preview is going to be a little bit different. I, I, I touched on this a little bit last podcast. I think it's worth mentioning again. And I know I'll probably dive uh, into detail about this a little bit more next week. But man, I, I'm kind of having a hard time thinking that there's a runaway team in the AFC. I really do. Because everyone knows about New England and Pittsburgh. I mean, those are those have always been the two best teams in the AFC. The best AFC teams have either either been uh, New England, Pittsburgh, or Denver or Indianapolis, depending who Peyton Manning is playing for. Uh, and then the one rare instance where Baltimore represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. So you generally don't have a lot of different AFC teams. So right, as of now, because Peyton Manning's retired, it's it's always been Pittsburgh and New England. Those have been the the top dogs in the AFC. And the Chiefs have just been right behind those two teams. But let me just say this. As far as the AFC goes this year, I don't think there is a runaway team. I really don't. Now, that doesn't mean the Patriots aren't going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that necessarily. But I don't think it's going to be as easy for them this year as it has been in previous years. Uh, I, I just think Jacksonville is a very good team. And I'll say it again. They are not getting talked about at all. So you know that they are definitely an under-the-radar team. But you know Bill Belichick does not take anyone lightly, ever. Uh, so at the end of the day, uh, I just think Jacksonville, they, they're definitely viewed as a dark horse to 
to just dominate and maybe unexpectedly take the AFC by storm. And listen, the Kansas City Chiefs, they might end up being 9-7 and or 10-6, and but I don't think that record is a valid indication as to how good this team really is. Uh, we all know about the... The six of seven games that they played where they just flat, looked flat out bad. But let's not forget how this team started off the season. I know whatever happened in September is very irrelevant as to what's going to happen in January. But at the end of the day, you those those games cannot be forgotten about. Uh, they all matter. I mean, it's, those 16 games all mean something. Uh, regardless if the, the, a great game they had was in week one or in week 17. So... I think there uh, there are a lot of things that you can you can take even from the early parts, and let's not forget how Kansas City opened up the, the NFL season, not just their own season. Uh, just demolishing the Patriots on Banner Night, so a lot of people would probably be very inclined to see some sort of a rematch between the Chiefs and the Patriots, and if those two teams were to play, it'd be at the same place as it was in Week One. I think as Chiefs fans. You don't necessarily have that fear of going over to Foxborough because you already know what this team has been able to do. Now look, if this is a best of seven series, uh, could New England win? Yes. Uh, I mean, that's why we see a best of seven in a lot of sports in, in their postseasons. But listen, uh, the NFL is not that kind of a sport. It is not a best of seven series. Uh, college basketball is not a best of seven. So if there's an upset, it's an upset. And Kansas City, uh, and obviously we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, I don't think it's out of line to think that there could be a potential rematch of Kansas City and New England at some point in the postseason. Especially if the number three seed, which is likely to be Jacksonville, uh, if if they can come away with a win over whoever they end up playing, well then, New England, as a team likely to be a number one seed, they would end up facing Kansas City in the divisional round. So... You could get that rematch after Wild Card Weekend uh, if the Chiefs win and a Wild Card team defeats the Jaguars. Then the only possible way those two teams will meet the Chiefs and Patriots would be in the AFC title game, which I think would even be more enticing, to be honest. And uh, gosh, it, it would feel good to beat the Patriots twice. And, and my whole point in bringing this all all, all up here. I think the Chiefs are capable of competing with any team in the in the NFL for the playoffs. I really do. It's just which Chiefs team is going to show up. People want to talk about how the Steelers have always had Kansas City's number. Well, look, when you look at this Kansas City offense, don't you think that they'll look better right now than how they did against the Steelers? I mean, if the Chiefs and the Giants were to rematch right now, don't you think the Chiefs would score more than nine points? Don't you think they'd score more than what they scored against the Jaguars, the Bills? Uh, I mean, teams who, who they faced earlier this year. And I'm sorry, I said the Jaguars. I meant the um, uh, I, I meant the Bills. They they lost to the Jets, but uh, I guess the better question for that game would be: Would the defense do better? Because that's the out of the last six games, that's the only bad game the defense has had. They're still averaging less than twenty points per game in the last six games. That includes allowing 38 to the Jets. So look, uh, the Chiefs might be the best team out of the six teams that are going to be representing the AFC in the playoffs. It's just which Chiefs team is going to show up. And I know you could say that about any team, but the Chiefs did defeat a team that's likely to have the number one seed in the Patriots. 
So it's not a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs could be a possible dark horse to take it all in the AFC and possibly win the whole the whole damn thing. Uh, to me, it's just a matter of, and I know I'll say it again next week, it's just a matter of which Chiefs team will show up. That's the big question mark. That's the big question mark for me. Let me know your guys' thoughts on this. Facebook.com slash and Twitter.com slash Farzine21 and email me Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. All right, Pat Mahomes playing this week against the Denver Broncos. I'll talk about what we could see from him, who he could connect with the most, and I'll also put in five other players that I'm going to be interested in seeing the most outside of Mahomes this weekend. Guys who are probably going to be seeing a lot of action this weekend. Uh, Guys who I'd like to see have a fairly good game. And let's not forget the Chiefs, when they put in 22 backups against the Chargers, they almost came away with a win uh, when they did so in 2013. But the Chargers came away with that miracle win and doing what they needed to make the playoffs and almost missed the playoffs. And we all remember that the whole Ryan suck-up kick, and I don't care if the Chargers were illegally lined up, uh, suck-up should have made that field goal and uh, have should have kept the Chargers out of the playoffs. But bottom line, I mean, the Chiefs' backups did everything to put the team in position to win. It was just their own kicker that uh, missed that opportunity right there. And uh, you, you never know if something like that could happen again. And again, let's not forget the Chargers were fighting for a playoff spot, whereas Denver right now, they're a 5-10 and 10 team ready to pack it up uh, but would like to at least end the season on a good note. Let's not forget... In 2009, when the Chiefs were three and uh, three and twelve, they ended the season on a damn good note. When Jamal Charles went off for 256 yards, and Derek Johnson had a pair of pick sixes, and the Chiefs ended the season on a really good note, and that eventually translated to winning the AFC West the following season. So you know Denver wants to have a similar kind of story where they can. End the season on a good note. Finish with a 6-10 and record. Uh, do what they need to do in the offseason and come back strong and compete with the rest of the pack in the AFC West. Here's a look at Denver's defense. And this is really the only uh, team statistical breakdown I'll really provide because I think that's the only one people would care to know about. Because everyone wants to know how Pat Mahomes is going to do against this Denver team. and Which, by the way, I'll say this. Paxton Lynch will be starting for the Broncos. So you've got two first-round picks, fairly recent first-round picks, uh, under center. They're going to be playing uh, head-to-head in this one. So it's going to be intriguing to see which uh, recent first-round draft pick uh, under center will outperform the other and have the better game. But as far as the Denver defense goes, second in total defense. They are fourth best against the pass, and third best against the run. Now, as great as those numbers are, they've still been allowing a lot of points. The offense has been bad, uh, committing so many turnovers, one of the worst in the NFL in turnover differential with a minus 12. And, you know, when you turn the ball over so much, and even though the defense doesn't end up allowing a lot of yards, uh, teams start with great field position against the Broncos, and that's why the Broncos have allowed so many points. They're 22nd in points per game allowed. So uh, that's an area where, you know, you, you look at why Denver's in that situation, and that's one of the reasons why, especially with those giveaways on the offensive side of the football. It's just been a bad year offensively for the Denver Broncos. They're 27th in takeaways this year. 
15 with 15 total. They've got nine interceptions on the season. And Denver, by the way, as great as the defense is, uh, the front seven has not been good. They're 20th in the in the NFL with sacks with just 31 on the season. Looking at some of the key players to highlight for their defense, and a lot of you guys are probably familiar with a lot of the names by now, but Brandon Marshall leads the team in tackles with 101. Everyone knows about Vaughn Miller, who's going to be going to another Pro Bowl. He has got 10 sacks this year. And as far as some of the other players on that front seven, you've got Shelby Harris, uh, one of the defensive tackles for the Broncos. He's got four and a half sacks on the season, and you've also got the defensive on, on the other side of Von Miller, Shaquille Barrett, who's got four sacks this year. Secondary, still a fairly good secondary when it comes to coverage, but they're not really creating a whole lot of turnovers. Uh, you look at Stewart, uh, Simmons, Stewart, and Chris Harris. Chris Harris, the former Kansas Jayhawk, uh, each lead the team with two interceptions. Brad, uh, Bradley Roby. Leads the team with 17 pass deflections. This secondary is really good. Oh, more specifically with the cornerbacks. With Bradley Roby, Chris Harris Jr. And Aqib Tlaib. Tlaib also going to be going to another Pro Bowl. Harris, kind of a surprise not going to the Pro Bowl. One of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Uh, and there are going to be a lot of great cornerbacks. Well, maybe potentially could have been a lot of great cornerbacks playing in this game. You've got the three uh, cornerbacks for... Denver and Marcus Peters probably not going to play because of the fact that the Chiefs would rather save their players for the wild card game. And again, rightfully so. Why would you risk injury in this game when you are not playing for anything? So uh, we'll see what ends up happening with the Kansas City Chiefs in this one uh, in, ter- in terms of who they'll play and who, who they won't. But uh, look, Pat Mahomes, even though the, the Broncos don't have the greatest stats when it comes to pressures and sacks, you can never count out Vaughn Miller and... Listen, in a division game where Denver would love to maybe help provide some sort of a strategy for an opposing team as to how the Chiefs can be beaten, and it's a divisional game, so you'd love to end the season on a better note rather than have that sour taste and be beaten again by your division rival, especially with how the Broncos looked on Monday Night Football earlier this year at Arrowhead uh, the night before Halloween. But uh, this front seven, uh, I still would not take them lightly, and it's more specifically with the... Defensive line, uh, you know Von Miller, I mean, his name speaks for himself. Uh, you look at Shaquille Barrett and Shelby Harris, I mean, those are two guys who don't get talked about a whole lot on that defensive line because it's mainly the Von Miller show, and the cornerbacks also get a lot of the glory on this defense, but those are some uh, under underappreciated defensive linemen, Harris and Barrett, so certainly guys that you've got to account for, and hopefully the offensive line likely going to be some backups can keep it, keep an eye on the on these defensive players and not allow them to just get through and get into the pocket and destroy Mahomes in his debut and his only chance to really prove himself in 2017. So definitely want to be able to keep the pocket clean and allow Mahomes uh, have the time he needs. And we saw Mahomes move around in the pocket a little bit when he needed to. So it'll be interesting to see how he tr- tries to handle Guys like Von Miller or Shelby Harris, uh, guys who uh, who have gotten or one of the better duos in the NFL and getting after the quarterback. So uh, in the highlight reel that NFL shared uh, when it was announced Mahomes would play, you, you see Mahomes kind of moving around when he needs to, uh, whereas Alex Smith c- tends to panic a little bit in those situations, and you want to see Mahomes uh, do a better job of that. And, and that's maybe one of the reasons where, why the Chiefs drafted a quarterback in the draft earlier this year. 
Now, it is kind of hard to evaluate him because he is going to be playing with some backups. I would love to see him play a series or two with Travis Kelsey. A lot of people are saying, hey, let's let the starters play for a quarter or for a series or for a half. That way there's they're not rusty or whatever the case is. And listen, I think at Alex Smith's age, uh, the one-week break couldn't hurt. It's almost like you're giving your team a bye week. And again, I'm not a fan of Andy Reid's record after the bye week as the head coach of the Chiefs. But a lot of people are. And if you believe in his track record, uh, including Philadelphia, how he does after a bye week, well, perhaps you could treat this like a bye week and not put your players out there. Listen, I know it may be just one series, but one series is enough to to risk an injury. If Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are out there for one series, listen, uh, that that's still that's still enough to risk uh, an injury. Might be slim because it's only one drive, but I don't I don't want to see Kelsey out there. I don't want to see Tyreek Hill out there. Well, I mean, what do these guys have to prove? What do I need to see from Tyreek Hill in this game? It'd be nice to see him, yeah, work with Mahomes because. Chances are uh, this could be an offense where we see Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Kareem, uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know this could be the the future, but I don't need to see that right now. I absolutely don't. I can wait for next next year's preseason to to see these guys work together if I need to. I'd rather Mahomes go in there, you know, learn the game a little bit. Would love to see him. Yeah, of course I want to see him uh, work with uh, Kelsey and Hill, but. Uh, that doesn't need to happen in this game. Save Kelsey, save Hill, save Kareem Hunt, uh, save Justin Houston, Marcus Peters, Darrell Rivas, whoever you need to. Because this is a meaningless game. And that's why I kind of joked about it earlier, calling it a, a preseason field type of game. Because, uh, you know, what does this offense have to play for? Nothing. I and mean, even Casey's defense. So, uh, got to put in the backups in this one. So, how does Mahomes do against a... Super Bowl caliber defense of Denver's uh, when he's going to be playing with a lot of backups. Probably not going to be the greatest game. I'm not expecting Mahomes to play great simply because he was a first-round pick. I think Mahomes is going to go out there and have some success, and I think he's going to go out there and fail at times. And, you know, we've got to keep in mind that he is playing with with a lot of backups, so uh, it's not going to be easy for him. Now, if he goes out there, defeats the Broncos, throws three touchdowns for 250 yards, has a 100-plus QB rating against this defense. Okay, well, then we've got a lot of great things to talk about next week for sure. Uh, But I don't know if that's a realistic expectation. Then again, look what the Chiefs did uh, when when they had their 22 backups play against a Chargers team that was fighting for a playoff spot. So not going to say he he absolutely can't do it. Certainly a possible deal. And and listen, I, I think if Pat Mahomes goes out there and does that, it really shows you that he is a guy who can put his teammates in position to succeed and to do better. So maybe Pat Mahomes says, look, I don't care if I'm playing with backups. I've got to go make everyone around me better. So uh, it, it is a very tough test for him. And we're going to learn a lot about him in just one game playing against a very great defense when really you're you're probably going to be playing with a, a lot of backups, guys you may not really be familiar with. Or maybe you won't even see a whole lot when you do start and took over for this uh, offense in the future. And of course, we'll recap how Pat Mahomes does against the Broncos. But I think there are a couple of other players that are definitely worth keeping an eye on as well. Because 
If the Chiefs do have a really good game against the Broncos on both sides of the ball with their backups, that tells me you've got some great depth and guys that you definitely need to find a way to utilize in the playoffs. I mean, sure, you could have a good starting 22. You've got a good starting 22 if you're going to the playoffs. But if you've got some backups that are going to make some some plays in this game against Denver starters, and again, uh, sure, you could say they're fighting for a draft pick, but a lot of these guys want to keep their jobs and they want to look good uh, before the season ends. So uh, they're they're fighting for their jobs too uh, at the moment. So uh, you, if, if this team still does well, uh, it's impressive one way or another. Uh, 22 backups, and I don't care how bad a team is, if 22 backups can go out there and win games, Uh, against a a starting unit uh, that really says a lot so here are five guys who I think we should definitely keep an eye on in this game first one wide receiver Demarcus Robinson I talked about a possible target and this guy had a lot of fun working with Pat Mahomes in the preseason these guys hooked up quite a lot in the preseason and they're gonna have an opportunity to do so Uh, Demarcus Robinson has made some flashes here and there for the Chiefs uh, Chiefs offense this regular season and likely gonna see a lot of playing time assuming Tyree Kill does not play uh, as well as Albert Wilson so I think you've got to see De- uh, Demarcus Robinson get the nod to start and he's someone who could probably be the primary pass catcher for Pat Mahomes and try to make some plays try to move around kind of like how they did in the preseason only difference is they're not just playing a starting defense. It's a it's a defense that went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So that's going to be the biggest and most interesting challenge to me, looking at how Pat Mahomes and Demarcus Robinson will do together. Parker Enniger, who was drafted a couple of years ago, dealing with some injuries here and there, hasn't played a whole lot, but he's going to have an opportunity to come in and maybe prove himself. Uh, I saw Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest tweet that he's been told that Parker Enniger will get a lot of playing time this week. And it, with Casey's offensive line woes here and there, the inconsistency, the up and down roller coaster season for the Casey offensive line, it'll be interesting to see what can Parker Enniger do against a very good defensive line this week. Same with Cameron Irving, a guy who the Chiefs acquired before the regular season kicked off. Coming from the Cleveland Browns, hasn't done very well for them. Uh, former first round pick and a guy who is looking to rebound and will have an opportunity this week to also showcase himself against good old Von Miller. So not the most ideal time to come in, but hey, it's a test and uh, he'll have that opportunity to prove himself in this game. Here's another offensive player I'm going to keep an eye on, running back Akeem Hunt. We've seen Akeem Hunt do some really good things in the kick return game, has not scored a touchdown, but he's fourth in the NFL in uh, average kick return yards, which is obviously a very good thing to see. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of him on the offensive side of the football. He's filled in here and there with a catch or a carry, but uh, he'll probably be getting a lot of the load. Wearing that number 31, uh, Priest Holmes number here in Kansas City. So, uh, can he kind of show some signs of Priest Holmes in this football game? Well, I, I'd like to see how Akeem Hunt does with Pat Mahomes as his quarterback in this one. So, going to be interesting to kind of see that as well. And maybe you could see Akeem Hunt uh, maybe having a, an even better and bigger role with the Chiefs offense, if he can prove himself in this one. Now, I mentioned four offensive players, so I'm going to go defensive this time. Here's a defensive player I'm going to keep an eye on the most. And this is a name that I have not talked about a whole lot, but Tano Passanio. A lot of people were excited for him when he came out of college, drafted by the Chiefs, but we haven't seen a lot of Passanio in this football game. A lot of people were talking about him coming out of Villanova and really what he's capable of at... 280 pounds, I mean, big fella, 6'7", 
really tall dude and a guy who can definitely do some damage. So I'd love to see Tana Passanio in this game uh, have have a big game and show why he was drafted in uh, the second round by the Chiefs. So yeah, he's been a very quiet rookie this season. A lot of people thought he was going to make some noise. Uh, it is a very exciting draft class too. You know what Pat Mahomes is, is capable of, uh, hopefully for the future. Kareem Hunt, we know what he's been doing this year. Possibly a rookie of the year candidate. Uh, and a lot of people thought Passing Yo would uh, would have a really big season. But he's been very quiet this year. Being behind Justin Houston and Tom Bahali. And likely with those guys getting the the rest for this week. Maybe Passing Yo can step up, have a big game. And uh, at that point, maybe you, you, you decide between him and D Ford moving forward in the future. So, uh, not a lot of defensive players I'm looking forward to seeing. It's mostly the offense because of Mahomes, but if there's one defensive player I really would love to see shine in this one, it would be Passigno. And hey, look, you're you're going up against uh, a guy named Donald Stevenson, not the greatest uh, offensive lineman out there. So, I, I think Passigno can go out there and have a game for himself against Donald Stevenson. Look, I'm not going to give a prediction for this game because I really don't know what to expect in this one. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of us are wanting to see some sort of an encouraging sign for Pat Mahomes for the future, but also with the depth on this team going into the playoffs. So a lot to look forward to still, even though it's, it's kind of got that preseason feel, there are some, some, some things to look forward to in this one. And hopefully the chiefs can go out there and have a good game, even with their backups, because that could go a long way for the playoffs, but also in the, uh, in the long run, in the future, in the uh, far distant future, with Pat Mahomes under center. So we'll see. The Chiefs and the Broncos will square off this weekend in Denver. Should be interesting to watch. And with Pat Mahomes under center, it it'll, should still be a game that a lot of Chiefs fans will be tuning in for. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. Oh, it's funny how things can change in just a couple of weeks. James Harrison, who was on the Pittsburgh side when there was that controversial catch-no-catch in the end zone with Jesse James. Now he's on the other side of it, now signed with the New England Patriots. Now it's coming with some drama as Marquise Pouncey was quoted saying that Harrison wanted the Steelers to release him, and James Harrison had claimed that he asked three times to be released by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, I don't know exactly what happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers and James Harrison. Uh, and there was obviously the story of him retiring at one point and then coming back. And now here he is asking for a release from being one of the best teams uh, that he's been a, a part of. A, some of the great defenses we've seen in the Steelers. Uh, but Pouncey was quoted saying that Harrison joining the Patriots ruins his legacy with the Steelers. Look, I don't know about that because... At the end of the day, you know, it is a business league. Yes, it's a sport. Yes, there are legacies involved and pride and all these things. But listen, you've got to go where where the money is. I mean, if, if someone's offering you money to play football and not many other teams are going to, well, then that's where you got to go. Uh, maybe New England was the only team willing to sign him. And look, if you're, if you're James Harrison, you can't say no to that. So you definitely got to take advantage of that and move forward and go on with your career. Uh, listen, everyone's everyone's got a career that they've got to go after. Uh, they can't satisfy other people or, or worry about their legacy and such. They, they want to go uh, play football and, and make money uh, as much as they can. So 
Can't fault James Harrison for that. And I can't fault Des Bryant for taking a pay cut in 2018. This is, this is funny. The quote, hell no, when it came to being asked about taking a pay cut for the future. I want to know why. Because according to Spot Track, Des Bryant will make $16.5 million. And in 2019, if he does stay with the Cowboys, he'll make another $16.5 million. You know what? I'd say hell no to a pay cut too if $16.5 million was there. Look, you may not be playing well, but when you're making that much money, why would you say yes to a pay cut? I know it comes off as greedy, especially what we're going to be talking about next. But man, hey, uh, you're making a lot of money, and if you sign that contract, you reserve the right to reject a possible contract restructure. With that said, we're going to talk about something that one coach talked about out of bounds. Listen, if Des Bryant wants to keep his money and not take a contract restructure, sure. Like I said, he's he has the right to reject that. But Greg Popovich, the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, talked about how charitable events should be important. And he was quoted saying that if you are rich as hell, donate to charity. And I could not agree with this anymore. And listen, I'm not rich as hell or rich as a, as a celebrity, but... I, 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 I'd like to think I'm pretty fortunate with my money. Uh, I, I'd say I, I'm, I'm in a spot where I'm fairly fairly, in a, fairly comfortable. And, yeah, I've got a little bit of extra money. I mean, I have the right to, to save a lot of it, keep a lot of it in the bank, of course, and spend some of it for myself here and there. And, of course, you've got to pay your bills, you do the things you're responsible for, your rent, all the good stuff. But I think everybody, whether it's just a dollar, five dollars, or if you're if you're more fortunate than others, if you're in a comfortable position financially, donate to charity. Uh, I just hate it when you see greedy athletes who have a lot of money, and you see them showing off on Instagram with their Ferrari and their watches and their your necklaces and all these things they have the sunglasses all the good stuff and look you you reserve the right to to have all of that but listen if you're an athlete you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars and people always freak out oh well this guy's not making a million dollars he's making a couple hundred thousand still more than a lot of people out there in our world today enough to donate a fairly good amount to charities, or even start a charity of your own. Uh, and I think Greg Popovich, a guy who, you know, he's made charitable events a very important part of his life because he makes a lot of money, being the head coach of one of the most successful basketball teams out there. I think every athlete needs to listen to what he has to say and, and take it seriously. Uh, you know, some of these celebrities who are just too busy showing off, whether it's a model showing off how sexy they are, how great their body looks, or uh, how, how great a fighter uh, a day a fighter might be having at the gym well you know what and listen I, I think people may take it the wrong way because they don't like when people show off when they're doing charitable events I have no problem with showing off positive things actually why not put up a few Instagram stories or pictures of yourself being involved in some sort of a charity event or, or talking about how you donated a good amount to uh, to a certain cause or to a hospital a school whatever the case may be uh, listen, uh, I, I, I know people will look at that and say, okay, well, this person's showing off. 
Listen, I'm not going to complain about that ever. I'd rather somebody show off that they donated, I don't know, $50,000 to Big Brothers Big Sisters of whatever city they're in, rather than be arrested or brag about how hot their lady is or how great their car is, whatever it is that people brag about. And again, I'm not saying you can't post about your earnings, your car, your your lady, whatever, whatever it is you've got going on in your life. But there are athletes that just post about that kind of stuff. Let's share the love a little bit. Let's let's make an example or let's lead an example rather and show others, look, let's uh here's a charity I just donated to. If you want to be a part of this army, hey, donate to them as well. Uh here's the link or so something along those lines. Uh, I'd love to see more of that with uh, with celebrities, athletes, you name it. Uh, I don't think we see enough of it. They do it, and you see it get talked about a little bit. And I, I listen. I understand in, in media, it's the negative stuff that makes the news. I mean, that's what news is. It's bad stuff, sad stuff. You you, you don't hear a lot about positive things. Now, sure, you hear the JJ Watt stories every now and then. How how much money he raised for. Uh, for hurricane relief in Houston. I mean, those are those get talked about, especially when you raise an insane amount like that. But even if it was a smaller amount, those don't get talked about much. So maybe it's up to the athletes and celebrities themselves to go on social media and perhaps brag about them that they are being involved in donating to these charities. So maybe more of that would be what we need. Maybe, you know, social media is not the greatest place sometimes because of what can be said and done. Maybe let's change it by bragging about what we do in the community with charities. I know some people, for them, that comes off the wrong way. I'd rather we brag about that rather than all these keyboard warriors who think they're so tough and have nothing better to do than be a keyboard warrior, essentially, online. So I say we do a 180 a little bit and let's let's try something else. Let's brag about doing charitable events. And see how that goes. Probably going to make for better conversations on social media. I don't know. Probably not. I know that's a tall order considering how some people want to act on social media. I say it's just a thought. Let's see how. I mean, let's see what Greg Popovich's message can do. I think it could be a good thing. Final segment of the show. Let's throw some penalty flags. This has just been a very bad season for the New York Giants, and it got even worse this week with Landon Collins uh, and Eli Apple. Apparently, Collins, you know, goes on a radio show on ESPN and pretty much throws Eli Apple under the bus, calling him a cancer. Now, apparently, they've apologized for it, but the damage has been done. This is just really bad PR, especially in 2017, which soon to be 2018. When there's drama like this, and when you put it out there in the public eye like the way Landon Collins did, it's going to be talked about. And I'm shocked Landon Collins did this because by now in 2017, don't we know that when you say something like that, it will be talked about. It'll be on the front page of NFL.com, ESPN, Fox Sports. You you get the picture. It'll be the most talked about story by sports media. So... Shouldn't Landon Collins have at least known that before he did this? Just a thought from me, because I guess I get more and more surprised when 
players, celebrities do things like this, and they don't think that there are going to be consequences for it, or at least it won't be talked about by fans in the media. Alright, so I mentioned the James Harrison story going to New England, and in Bill Belichick's press conference, he was asked a lot about James Harrison, and he doesn't answer any of the questions. He says we're focused on our opponent. I, forget, I don't know who the Patriots are playing this week. Uh, but it just says, hey, we're focusing on, I believe, the Jets. Why is it so hard to answer questions? I mean, he refused to answer any questions about Tim Tebow when he was signed at the time. When the Chiefs beat the living snot out of them on Monday Night Football a couple of years ago. His response was, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Like, like, answer some questions. Don't be such a coward. I mean, he's a great coach, but Jesus Christ. Like, are you afraid to say something? I mean, you are the... I didn't listen, Bill Belichick has the personality of a potato, okay? I get it. I'm sure behind closed doors, he's probably a cool guy. He's more upbeat, but show your personality a little bit or something. I don't know. Um, I loved it when Guillermo from the Jimmy Kimmel Live uh, comedy show, I mean, he went out there and actually made Bill Belichick smile. I was like, holy crap, Bill Belichick smiles, who knew? Uh, Answer the question, man. I mean, it's a big story. Uh, I don't know why he has to put on the show of we're on to our next opponent. Just answer the question. And the final one, Jamal Charles. Very interesting story here. He wants out of Denver right now. Not after week 17. Not after the Chiefs and Broncos play. He wants out of Denver right now. Listen, I know it hasn't been a very good year for Charles Friend personally and for the Broncos uh, this season. Just just a very bad season. But look, this is... First of all, you got one game left. Just play it out. Second of all, before the season, he said he always wanted to be a Denver Bronco. And now all of a sudden he wants out really badly? I, I don't know. Uh, to me, I just think that's uh, that's two-sided there. And I think it's interesting coming from Jamal Charles because... This is a guy who has experienced way worse in Kansas City. I mean, you want to talk about some really terrible bad seasons? Todd Haley at one point, there was a rumor that Todd Haley was trying to trade him away. Uh, and, and, you know, Thomas Jones had more carries than him. Think about all the times that Jamal Charles did not get the football when he should have. Romeo Cornell would not give him the football at times. Um, he's been in some way worse situations, and... Apparently, with the situation in Denver, is the worst that he's been a part of to the point where he feels like he needs to publicly say something. So, very interesting from Jamal Charles. Uh, kind of surprising. Now, I've, I've heard a lot of Chiefs fans say, "Oh, well, let's take him back. Let's let's bring him back." Now that we're in the play, no. Uh, look, you, you've got to turn the page and move on. Uh, it, it's life. It, it's a business. It's a sport. Uh, Jamal Charles, I, I, the way he left, unfortunately, was not in his control. Uh, we all know about John Dorsey, especially with the Jeremy Macklin situation. But look, at the end of the day, he got released. And the Chiefs are under a better situation now with Kareem Hunt. So uh, there's no reason to go back to Jamal Charles. I At least I don't think so. Uh, maybe if he played for the minimum and was willing to be a number three running back, okay, maybe then. But I don't think that's what he would want uh, at this point in his career. When he knows his career is winding down, he probably wants to make a little bit more money before he hangs up his cleats. That'll do it for this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. A big thanks to all of you guys for listening to the Chiefs Zone Podcast, not just this episode or last week's, 
this whole year, whether you've been listening all season or just a few episodes, always appreciate the listeners for this episode. That's what drives this podcast, the Chief Sale Podcast. So a big thanks to all of you guys who have been listening to the podcast this season. The recap podcast, I said it'll be out Tuesday. It's actually going to be out on New Year's Day. So by the time midnight strikes, there will for sure be a new episode of the Chief Sale Podcast. It's actually going to be a much shorter episode. I'm going to be recording it from my phone. Audio quality should be good. It's going to be a little different, but for, 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 for the most part, should be listenable. Nothing bad or it'll, it'll be bearable. No bad trouble or anything. Don't, don't, don't uh, get me wrong. So uh, there will be a podcast out. Uh, it'll be fairly short. We won't do the closing segments like we just did. It'll strictly be a recap of the game, and we will briefly touch on who the Chiefs are going to play uh, this week. And, of course, no Sunday Night Football. Kind of shocking there. Uh, but the NFL decided to go that route. We'll talk a little bit about that next week uh, sometime. Uh, didn't get a chance to do that this podcast. But uh, point being, there will be a recap podcast. Again, it will be really short, and it will be available by the time midnight strikes on New Year's. Once again, Merry Christmas to all of you guys. If you're traveling, travel safely. Enjoy your New Year's. Happy New Year's to all of you guys. Big thanks for a great 2017 with the Chiefs on Podcast. I'm going to be in Las Vegas, going to be at UFC 219, checking that out. And, of course, I'll check out the Chiefs from Sin City, and we'll have a podcast from Sin City. And, again, the new podcast will be out on January 1st, soon as midnight strikes for 2018. Again, big thanks to all of you guys for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the final week of the regular season. Talk to you guys in 2018.